0: Hey, everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie.
1: Hey, how's it going? Well, it is going. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We camped all weekend. We did.
0: If we look like we got some sun, that's because we
1: did. We <laughs> did. It was very sunny. It was beautiful. It's oh, on Memorial Weekend here in Idaho, it's either going to be sunny and beautiful or snowy. Yes. And really maybe no well, in between. But or we actually had sun the whole time.
0: Rain.
1: Pouring. Pouring, pouring rain. With, yeah. with gale force winds. Yes, but yes. we had none of that actually. We just had no. beautiful, beautiful weather all weekend long. We did. Yeah. And today is my 24th wedding anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary. Thank you very much. So exciting. Yeah. So we're not celebrating it today because um we just got home from camping and well, we're dead tired. So we we'll get yeah. about to dinner tomorrow night, but. There you go.
0: There
1: you
0: go. Exciting stuff. It is. And this show, so we've had some requests to do kind of a synopsis of the Daybell Vallow case. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. We have something like 50 episodes in the playlist. Um, This is initially about the missing children, Tylie Ryan and J.J. Vallow. hmm and then it got way bigger than that. But we thought we would um, kind of go through a timeline of that case, but also share with you how we first became aware of it because it is local to us. That's mm-hmm. why we've covered it so heavily. Mm-hmm. And so back in end of November mm-hmm. of 2019, there were a couple of missing children reported in our local news. Yeah. And this was Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vellum. Yeah. And they were reported missing out of Rexburg, which is where Katie lives. Mm -hmm. And they were reporting that Tylee was 17. Mm -hmm. And at the
1: time, my daughter was 17. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: So we had this conversation, like, do your kids know this
1: girl? Yeah. Now we know now that Tylee actually died when she was 16, to be fair, right. but she had turned 17 shortly after, would have turned 17 shortly after she died. But yeah, so we, we hit up all my kids. Hey, do you know this girl? And they were all like, no, Now Mars has always said she looks familiar. She looks yeah. familiar. And Mars's best friend works at a coffee hut uh, just down the road from where they lived And she's always said that, too. I really, really think I've served her coffee or, you know, a drink before. She looks very familiar. So some people had seen her a little around town, but none of the teenagers knew her at all.
0: No, no. And now it seems strange to us because Rexburg is a small town. There's only one Mm -hmm. high school. Oh, yeah. So a lot of information started rolling out about these children. First of all, that their mother is Lori Vallow. Mm-hmm. at the time we didn't have any idea who that was Yeah, you guys, this was actually before we started true crime paranormal yeah and and honestly probably one of the reasons that we did mm-hmm. we felt really um katie and you and i both have been very interested in true crime forever oh yeah we always are messaging back and forth with our other sister kara about did you see this what's going mm-hmm. on here what do you guys think happened that kind of thing and this really caught oh. us because it's two yeah. miss- missing kids and you guys that is rare here. Mm-hmm. Other than, oh, mm-hmm. they were gone
1: overnight and found. Or a non-custodial parent took off yeah. with them. I mean, that's something we see around here every once in a while. But right. like straight up true missing children? No. That, that's that, not a thing here. Yeah.
0: No. And this drug on into December. We were watching for updates. Like, what the hell is going on with these kids? Mm-hmm. Local community members in the news were like, why don't the police know where these children are? This is not okay. Mm-hmm. We're going on, we start going on weeks. that They're yeah. reported at the time. I mean, you know, so much that we, there was Didn't a lot, know. I think, that you and I knew that we did not say. There was. Yeah. Yeah. We, we figured very early on that these children were dead. Mm-hmm. And we have talked about on here that in active cases when people are missing, we do not read those kinds of things publicly. Because yeah. it's not right, there are family members impacted by the things that we say, and mm-hmm. we have ethics and you know some people might think that's weird as psychics, but we do, mm-hmm. and we you know we from very early on went, oh, mm-hmm. we don't feel these kids they're they're dead
1: now in but, in missing persons' cases when families hire us to work with them, of course, right. we do that. But <clears throat> big public statements, this is not the right time for it. No. And, you know, we just, we're just we just not going to do it, you know. No, and when bodies but, are
0: missing and there are no answers, all that does is just create more heartache, mm-hmm. you know. And, and at the time, the police and the media are all trying to be really positive. Hey, we're going to find these kids. They're going to be okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That kind of thing. Yeah. So then.
1: And then, of the, course, we have Lori and Chad. Yeah. Promising everyone they know, well, yeah. either telling everyone they know that Lori's an empty nester that doesn't have any young children, right. or on the flip side, Chad later on telling everyone the kids are fine. They're right. fine. They'll. She just has to keep them under wraps right now and that kind of stuff. Like they were She's assuring everyone. Them. There was all yes. this
0: stuff about that they were being protected. Mm-hmm. And we started to learn about the preparing a people group. The mm-hmm. AVOW group.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: preparing a people is, they call themselves a media company, right? Yeah. And they do these, they're kind of prepper type events. Uh-huh,
1: conferences. Kind of yeah. prepper slash kind of new age, kind of Christian, kind of cooked up bunker stuff all like rolled into one uh yeah, what one, one big package,
0: right? And we start finding out that Chad Daybell, who has you know lives in Salem, which is right outside of Rexburg, mm-hmm. um, right, literally right down the road from our aunt and uncle and some cousins,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, that he is big in this stuff, and he's in this what what we kind of have you know just coined the term prepper Mormons, and so. You know, we live in a very Mormon community. Obviously, we talk about this a lot and that he was um, a Mormon in a part of this group that they're involved with the, this prepper group. So they're sort of, you know, preparing for the apocalypse kind of group. It's yeah. mixing in Mormonism and some new agey stuff. And, you know, like it's all getting all mixed up together. Yeah. So we start learning about Chad. And then we start learning about Lori and we find out that Lori actually had only lived in Rexburg a very short time.
1: Yeah.
0: And that the kids had only lived in Rexburg a very short time and that Tylee Mm -hmm. had supposedly already completed high school online. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Why the kids didn't know her. Yeah. But the JJ did go to a local elementary school briefly.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. For about 20 days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So these things kind of all start coming out and we're like, oh my gosh, and we're, Starting to identify and recognize that there are a bunch of people in our community that believe these same things mm-hmm. are kind of involved in this same group of people, mm-hmm. um, yeah. who immediately start, you know, well, initially really start defending Chad in particular. Mm-hmm. We start seeing a lot of public defense of him, you know, because oh, there are questions about yeah. rabidly do something to these
1: kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rabidly defending Chad, uh, you know, in, in every capacity possible, you know, yeah. online and in person and at church and just absolutely insisting that Chad would never do any of the things that he's been accused of. And in the midst of all of this happening, Chad's wife dies. Chad's wife of 49 years, we learn she has died as 20, well.
0: 20 years. She was 49 when she died.
1: Or, right. Sorry. Twenty. Yes. <laughs> That would be weird math. Uh, be weird yeah, but his, uh, we have, we learned that right uh, around the time of all of these other things taking place, his wife Tammy died,
0: and and this has all already happened. Like we're finding yes. out about it, and after obviously the fact, people who knew her? You know, knew that she had passed away, mm-hmm. but it's getting. We're starting to go. What's going on with these people? Like mm-hmm. these kids are missing. His wife has died. She died very suddenly. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. And then within just a couple of weeks, Chad and Lori were married. And Mm -hmm. that really struck people hard that that happened. It did.
0: That was very strange. And there were, you know, major questions that started coming out that Tammy Daybell was buried within like three days of dying in another state.
1: Yeah.
0: And that seemed weird. You know, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there wasn't, I don't know, you know, Mormons have a pretty specific way of how they handle death and burial and funerals and stuff. And this was very, very rushed. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem fitting at all. And he Mm -hmm. buried her in Utah instead of in Idaho here where he lives, which was Mm -hmm. another strange thing.
1: In Springfield, Utah, where her parents live, where they actually, where they came from, both of
0: them right Yeah. 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 They did, in fact, live there at one point. But Mm -hmm. there were a lot of things that seemed off about Mm -hmm. this. So then we find out that the FBI is involved. Yes. And that the FBI puts out. And this is by now January of 2020, probably.
1: Yes. And the way we find out the FBI is involved is that suddenly outside of the Rexburg Police Department is this giant FBI trailer, like working yeah. unit thing yeah. that we've never seen in town before. And so all the buzz is what, uh, you know, the hell's the FBI doing here? Well, yeah. you know, it was easy to see that they were here for this case. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they put out a call mm-hmm. because they want to know, was anybody in the area in Yellowstone Park the weekend of September 8th, 2019? hmm And if so, do they have any, were they at Old Faithful in particular? Do they have any pictures or any video that -hmm. they could share with the FBI? Because what they're looking for, and we're showing a picture of this right now, Mm -hmm. if you're watching, and if not, we'll tell you, this is a picture of Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow, the siblings who at this point are missing, Mm -hmm. with their uncle Alex Cox with
1: such a grin on his face. Like, they're just one big happy family. That right, the we... kids look like they're having fun. Mm-hmm. This looks like a positive thing.
0: Yep. This is also the last day that Tylee shows up anywhere on the planet of Earth. Yep.
1: This is and then of course, her last day alive. Yep. We learn later about all of the cell phone pings that help uh, convince, you know, the prosecutor that, It was the very next morning, or maybe in the middle of the night, that Alex, Lori, and Chad played parts in murdering Tylee, dismembering her body, burning it, and burying it in Chad's yard.
0: Right. right. I just think
1: this photo is particularly chilling and sad to see. It is.
0: Well, and then JJ only lived about 10 more days. Yeah and met a similar fate, unfortunately. So this was very interesting. This came up when, you know, it's not like the FBI gets involved in cases in our area very much. No. And I was I was reading something online um, on Reddit about this case and about how it's weird how, even though we have a lot of small communities around here, we sort of all feel like we're mm-hmm. one big community, and we do. Mm-hmm. So I live in Idaho Falls, Idaho, which is, probably the f- the fifth largest city in the in the state. Mm-hmm. And you're going to laugh when I say that there's about 60,000 people living here mm-hmm. in, in city limits. Mm-hmm. But then from here north, we are the biggest city. We are the hub anywhere all the way to the Montana state line, the mm-hmm. Wyoming state line, and even across into Montana and Wyoming. Many people come here, yeah. either to Idaho Falls or to Rexburg, where Katie lives, mm-hmm. Because we have things like Walmart and big grocery stores mm-hmm. and
1: shopping, healthcare. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Doctors, hospitals. You know, Rexburg is the only hospital all the way to Yellowstone Park on, yeah. on the west entrance. And so, yeah, we do feel like one big community. Even though this mm-hmm. is happening in Rexburg, it feels like it's happening to all of us because we mm-hmm. are very connected. It feels especially like that for us because you live there we grew up there that's like our town and so suddenly we have missing children Mm -hmm. you know what we know to be from a psychic standpoint dead children
1: yeah
0: just not something that happens
1: no no so then oh go ahead oh I was gonna say we had a special uh serendipitous in with the press with the early days of this case yes, we did. <laughs> because my daughter was the editor of her school paper. And so she had a press pass. And yeah. so I was able to write on that press pass as the adult, you know, with her to various things. And we were able to attend things like press conferences with the Woodcocks um, after Lori was ordered to uh, produce the kids and didn't. And mm-hmm. We were able to be at the jail when Lori was extradited from Hawaii and brought in. And we were able to be at the press site when they announced that they had found bodies Uh, Mm -hmm. about a mile from Chad's house is where they set up the, uh, the press uh, staging area. And we were there, we were able to get a video, you know, of the sheriff announcing at that time, they only said they had found remains. They didn't say there were two bodies. Um, but we actually, uh, you know, had a front row seat to all of that because of Mars' press pass. We very got really funny. lucky that way because we were able to get some, some inside looks and coverage that we wouldn't have had otherwise. But
0: Right. Super important because, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. so at this point, uh, the police here have had enough of all of this crap. They've been lied to mm-hmm. by Chad. They've been lied to by Lori. They've been lied to by a lot of other people we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. At this point, Chad and Lori are in Hawaii. They have basically fled and are in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They were supposedly missing for a while, but what we hear is that the police actually knew where they were the whole time. Mm-hmm. So a judge here in Madison County says you have to produce your children. You have to be here. Well, it was right at the end of January, wasn't it? Like mm-hmm. the 25th or something like yeah. that. So local police go to Hawaii. They track down Chad and Lorraine, and we had local uh-huh. press there as well. And they tell her, "You've got five days. We're serving you, and you've got five days to be back in Madison County, either at the Department of Health and Welfare or the or the police department, with your children physically present uh-huh. to prove to us that they're okay." Uh-huh. So then, of course, our community is on absolute pins and needles: Is she going to uh-huh. show up? Are these kids okay? Right. And, and, that's and as when, we're waiting. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that's when we really get a good look yes. at who Kay and Larry Woodcock are, if you want to yes. share that.
1: So Kay and Larry are the grandparents of JJ. JJ was adopted by Charles Vallow, Lori's fourth husband. And mm. Lori, uh, JJ was The grandson of Kay and Larry, their son, had a baby that they uh, were going to need to put into a permanent home situation. And Lori and Charles had stepped up to the plate and adopted JJ. JJ was autistic and had some behavior stuff, though uh, we really felt like that's been played up a lot by Lori, you know, to make it seem like he was just extremely difficult. And it's hard to know that that's really true.
0: You know, it's certainly Um, not what his schools have reported.
1: No, it's not at all. But um, at any rate, Charles, this is when we start learning about Charles, husband number four, mm-hmm. and the fact that Charles was indeed killed by Lori's brother, Alex. And at the time, the story in the news and the police reports say that the death was self-defense. Brilliant. This happened in Arizona. or Yeah, in Arizona in June of 2019, just a couple of months before she, or sorry, July, just a couple of months before she came to Rexburg. We know now that there are first degree uh, charges against Lori, conspiracy conspiracy charges uh, pending against Lori from Arizona in Charles's death. And so it does seem as though they, um, they, they are, there are murder charges here. And so we're, we, we can now confidently say, What we all, I'm sure you guys too, believed, and that is that Charles was truly murdered, not just killed in self-defense.
0: Right. But that was an intentional plan.
1: So Kay and Larry have been completely cut off from JJ. And this happened sometime after Charles died. There was a very large life insurance policy. And Charles knew that Lori was fixing to kill him. In fact, he had... Tried to get divorced from her earlier in 2019. And, you know, the golden j won again. And she talked yeah. him into, for whatever reason, not divorcing her. That he had actually made a statement to his attorneys that if anything happens to me, it was Lori and Alex. Yeah. And indeed, something happened. But because of all of that. Let's and because like,
0: Let's talk about Alex. For, oh, we did. Sorry. We did show a picture of Alex. Never mind.
1: Yeah. So. Because of all of that, uh, he changed his life insurance policy and took it completely out of Lori's name and put it in Kay's name. He had two adult sons and JJ. Then he wanted to make sure they were taken care of if anything happened to him. Lori had been super weird. She had uh, done some really crappy things to him. She'd stolen like $35,000 from his business account. Like yeah. things were not good and he wasn't trusting her. Mm-hmm. He had a court order for her to have a psych eval that she sure her way out of with the help of the Chandler police. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is when we start learning all of this. Yeah. This is when we start learning all of this and going, what the hell? But anyway, she was so angry that she didn't get that life insurance that she pretty much cut Kay off. And Kay and JJ used to talk. They'd FaceTime almost every day. And sometime around the end of August, that was their last conversation. And Lori quit answering the phone and JJ quit uh, being able to talk to her and it was done. And she knew something was wrong. She was frantic trying to find them. They moved. She didn't know where they went. She was in a panic.
0: But this is when they showed up in Rexburg, Idaho, In
1: Rexburg, Idaho. She had no idea where they had gone. But Kay is a great sleuth. And Kay logged in to Charles's Amazon account. She had all of his passwords because, again, Mm -hmm. he knew something was up and his life was in danger. And he sure did. You know, as we know it was. But she discovered that someone had been making purchases on Charles's Amazon account and shipping them to a place called Rexburg, Idaho. So she called the police in Rexburg, Idaho, and said, I think my grandson is there. I think he's at this address. I am very concerned for his safety and would like a welfare check. That's how this all came together. Had Kay not found the connection, had she not found the Amazon address situation, Mm -hmm. it's possible that these kids would still be buried in Chad's backyard, and people would still not even realize they were missing. Might not even Nobody have was they really looking for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All props to Kay for her persistence. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Woodcocks end up in town. They come to Rexburg because yeah. they're frantically looking for their grandson. And behind the scenes, there is an order that has been put together by Health and Welfare—an emergency custody order—that they were to be awarded. Temporary emergency custody of J.J. as soon as Lori turned him over because the police were agreeing. They were smelling a big rat named Lori. And
0: (laughs) so, of course,
1: the date comes and goes. Right. Guess who completely ignores it and doesn't turn over the kids?
0: Yeah. Nothing happens.
1: We were at a press conference.
0: I was going to say, we were crawling with press that day, weren't we? This whole area was like... Oh, yeah. You know, everyone had this much attention.
1: We were at a press conference that evening that was supposed to be with Kay and Larry. And poor Larry, his blood pressure was so high and he was so ill by the end of that day that he had to go back to the hotel and lay down. And the press conference was just with Kay. And Kay, uh, you know, handled herself beautifully and just, you know, is just persistently saying something has to give like the authorities have to keep pushing. There's something not right here. And the judge said, okay, well now I'm issuing a warrant for your arrest, Lori, because you're not doing what we're saying. And there's something wrong here because where are those kids and who's taking care of them? Right. So that's when they issue an arrest warrant for her in and serve it to her in Hawaii. She's arrested in Hawaii and they, uh, You want to extradite her back to Rexburg. So she actually tried to fight extradition, which is, well, she threatened to, which is so silly because the only time you have any grounds to fight extradition is if you, if the police can't prove that you are who they think they are.
0: Well, and there was some weird stuff that went on with that because she and Chad were married in Hawaii in November, mm -hmm. 2019. There yeah. were questions about if they were actually legally married or not. Mm-hmm. And she kept jumping back and forth between going by Lori Vallo and Lori Daybell. Mm-hmm. And only very recently has that actually been resolved. Mm-hmm. What is her name? Right. And so they tried to pull some shenanigans around that just based on that fact. Yeah. And what you might you notice. Say, yeah. Yeah. You, say it.
1: You, you may notice that we uh, we listed all of her uh, last names because Lori's been married Five times. Well, and we should add her maiden name to that, too. Well, yeah. So, her name is Lori Cox, Yanes, LaGoya, Ryan, Vallow, Daybell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, she's been able to go by a lot of different names in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yep. And disrupt
1: a lot of different families in her lifetime.
0: Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, they issued a $1 million bail or bond. Mm-hmm. In Hawaii, the judge did. Mm-hmm. And everyone freaked out. Because at this point, she's charged with child abandonment, child endangerment. Uh-huh, line and
1: uh, lines of police, yeah.
0: So it's pretty minor charges. But everybody knows what we're really dealing with at this point. You know, I feel like everybody did in the legal system. They're like, this woman killed her kids. And she's lying about it. And we have to make sure we can hold her. Mm-hmm. So they extradite her here. And you had a very uh, <laughs> un- yeah. unsatisfying experience trying to see her arrive at yeah. the uh, Madison County Jail, right?
1: <laughs> we did. They did quite a bit of misdirects. Uh, people thought that they would be flying into um, Idaho Falls to the big airline there, and then uh, you know bringing her by police transport here. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They flew her into the Rexburg Airport. So they flew her from uh, which is just a tiny right? They flew from Hawaii to I think Los Angeles to Boise to the Rexburg Municipal Airport, which was not what almost any of the press expected, except for East Idaho News because they've always had an inside. They have always had, had an, in an all inside mole. But um, when they brought her in, they actually brought one vehicle in through the doors where they normally bring in suspects. All of the press was there. They were taking pictures of that vehicle. I was a part of that. Uh, And she wasn't in that vehicle. She was actually brought in through a different door at the same time. And that was very frustrating to the press. They felt like uh, they'd been lied to. And then after they brought her in, uh, a spokesman for the police department came out to talk to us. And we, you know, and he was asked point blank, was Lori in that vehicle? And he said, yes. He, he, did, lied, he to lied to our faces. To the press. Yeah. Which yeah, a lot of people were pissed off Really about. not cool. The press was furious about it. But at any rate, at that point, Lori was in custody and was due to be arraigned in Madison County.
0: Yeah. So she was arraigned in Madison County. And the judge here um, originally doubled the bond, didn't he? It started out at $2 million. At some point, we got it to is. two million, no, and then we dropped it back down to one. Maybe so. When we yeah. asked for relief. Yeah, it was, it's it like the biggest bond that's ever happened here ever. And, of course, her her, her, her attorneys, oh, gosh, mm-hmm. uh, freaked out about that. At one point, they tried to get it reduced. I think they did get it down to one million. Mm-hmm. Um, But n- nary a bail bondsman would come within 10 feet of her.
1: They tried. Yeah. They tried. She tried all kinds of things. And bail bondsmen would come in and sit with her and say, we will bond you out if you will tell us where the kids are. Yeah. She couldn't do that. Here's the thing on a million dollars bail. The fee to the bail bondsman is anywhere from 10 to 15%. And that's not money you get back. That's just the payment. Right. For them putting up this kind of money, so they were looking at needing a hundred thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to bond her out. Yeah, and Chad couldn't come up with it. He tried mm-hmm. and tried. He tried to borrow it. He tried to get people from his little community all rallied up to save Lori from this illegal thing that was happening to her. And he tried at this to point, sell. He's, he's- supporters
0: were starting to wane. They were starting Mm -hmm. to go, maybe we want nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm.
1: One of the things that they tried to do was sell a portion of the proceeds from the movies and books that were going to come from this that they thought that they'd have royalties to to the bail bondsmen, promising it would be a whole lot more than that $150,000. And if they had just bailed out right now, well, by God, they'd get a portion of the lifetime movie. Now, of course, nobody fell for that because, um Lori and Chad can't make proceeds off of this. Nobody Their families can, can sadly they can't the lifetime
0: movie is coming out at the end of the of June, but I know yikes. No. um, yeah. so nobody wanted anything to do with this at this yeah. point. Nobody wanted to help them. no, everybody in the community was like, she needs to stay her ass right there mm-hmm. in that jail. Which is, in fact, where she has been now for more than a year. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of where this all started for us. Yeah. And right about the time she was extradited to Mm -hmm. um, Madison County is when we kind of went, you know, I think we're going to do a true crime podcast. Yes, (laughs) And actually I'd had the idea and and talked to Katie about, you know, Mm -hmm. doing true crime paranormal and doing some psychic stuff and some paranormal Mm -hmm. stuff and some true crime. But we were watching this insane case play out. And one of the reasons Mm -hmm. we really wanted to talk about it is because these folks are Mormons. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're former Mormons. We know all about the culture in the church. We know all about the culture in this community. And there have mm-hmm. been a lot of things going on in this case that can be confusing. And if you're looking from the outside and mm-hmm. none of this makes any sense, I mean, it, it still is. doesn't make any sense No, so we've been able to and,
1: explain a lot yeah. and give perspective and, on a lot of things. Definitely. And they are not traditional Mormons by any sense, no, but there's quite a bit of lingo and scripture and reference and innuendo and culture that all ties back to the Mormon church. And yeah, we mm-hmm. felt like we could help in that regard. And I only feel like we have done that and helping to explain things that confounded a lot of you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to back up really fast. Cause I ran and looked, I wanted to be sure um, it was a $5 million bond in Hawaii that was That's reduced to 1 million here. Was, you okay. were right. I
0: knew it came yeah. in higher. That's right. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was just unfreaking heard of you guys. Mm-hmm unheard of
1: here. Yes. So when Lori was arraigned, she had three attorneys and they were all from the Boise area, which is like five hours away from here. Yeah. So that was surprising, but her attorneys were two criminal law attorneys. Uh, it's a little, I should have looked up. Oh, Edwina was her name Mm -hmm. and her, her partner. And she was supposed to be like, they called her on their website, a pit bull in heels. Um, She sure didn't act like it in court. She actually acted very nervous. Her voice shook. She, I, I didn't see pit in heels, but you know, I, don't know. I don't, attorney.
0: I don't think anybody could look at this woman in this situation and go, I'm confident I know what to do with this. You know, right. I don't yeah. think anybody's felt like that from day one.
1: For sure. And they had just met Lori like that day, you know, yeah. the, the day of the arraignment. The third attorney was a family law attorney by the name of Mark Means. Yeah. Well, right after the arraignment, the other two attorneys withdrew from the case. Yeah. They either decided that she was guilty as hell and they wanted nothing to do with this, or they realized that she really couldn't pay them, or whatever. We don't know. I she, really wonder they if they out. wanted
0: her to say where the kids are. You need yeah. to tell the judge where those kids are right now. And mm-hmm. when she wouldn't do it, they went. Oh yeah. boy, no, you
1: know. Is nonsense. So then Mark Means stepped to the plate. And what we understand about Mark from mm-hmm. other attorneys that have uh, talked about Mark quite a bit, uh, particularly Scott Reich, is that Mark had never even tried a felony case before. Yeah. And it showed, it still shows because he has mm-hmm. made a lot of missteps in court. He files things incorrectly, um, not to mention the, just the basic spelling and grammar of his briefs is just horrifying but anyway uh but it's been really interesting to watch this play out because she lori has an attorney that's feeling his way through a dark hallway yeah all this time yeah
0: from the very very beginning i mean one of the most insane hearings i think anyone's ever seen ever Mm -hmm. was a bail reduction hearing that he had requested in which he had filed all the wrong paperwork Mm-hmm. And then he complained the entire time the prosecutor was being mean to him. And that's why they mm-hmm. needed to reduce Lori's bond. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Basically two hours of you should re- at least reduce Lori's bond because the prosecutor's been mean to me because yes. the jail has been mean to me because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Basically. It was honestly mm-hmm. I, right then I went,
0: how is this guy still her attorney? Like, <laughs> Right. And, and, and we've now been through a year of this and we're still going, how is this guy her attorney? Mm-hmm. But he well, is.
1: We've we've begun to call trips to court with uh, John Pryor, uh, Chad's attorney, and Mark means a belligerent herd circus for all the yeah. right reasons. Yeah. yeah,
0: yes, for all the right reasons, most definitely. So there were a lot of you know kind of legal jockeying things that went on for a while,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we were keeping an eye on all of that. With Lori in jail and everyone going, when is Chad going to be arrested? When are we going to see, find out when where these kids are? Yeah.
1: I mean, that Come was on. still the million-dollar question. Where yeah. are the kids? Yeah. And Colby, Lori's adult son, Colby, trying to talk to her in jail on the phone and her telling him, We'll all be together again soon. Everything's fine. Don't worry. We're all going to be together soon. And Colby knowing something is way, 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 way wrong. Yeah. So everyone in their family is picking a side. Lori's family is going to the press saying, Lori is a wonderful mother. She would never hurt her children. Lori's friends are going to the press and lying their asses off. Uh,
0: you know, everyone's on Dateline and everyone's on mm-hmm. East Idaho News and Dateline and East Idaho News start working together and then we have Justin Lum and um Arizona who's working mm-hmm. And, we've got you know we're getting mm-hmm. all these different sides
1: of this mm-hmm.
0: but, but we start none learning. Of these people are
1: saying where the kids are yeah. and we start learning more and more about Lori besides the fact we learned that she's been married five times. We also learn that Lori has a string of death around her that is really uh, concerning. We learn that there has been a murder, or well, not a murder, but a, a strange unattended death. We learn yes. that Tylee's dad, Joseph Ryan, died in 2018. An unattended death, and he lay dead in his apartment for a time before he was found, and that felt very weird. And then, of course, we've learned about Charles Vallow's death in 2019. So we have two deaths in a row here of Lori's ex husbands And then we're looking at Chad Daybell's wife's death, which she was exhumed. One thing we didn't mention is that, uh, and we're sorry, it's just, you know, if this was on a wall with, you know, pushpins and yarn, It would be some kind of weird afghan by now, you know. It really would. You know, there's no way to do this in a linear way. Mm -hmm. But But one thing we had learned is that Tammy Daybell was exhumed about six weeks after she died uh, for an autopsy. She died a healthy woman, just didn't wake up one morning, and there was no autopsy. She was just buried. And wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they went back and did an autopsy because that was weird. And the day after Tammy was exhumed, Alex Cox died mysteriously in Arizona. So now yeah. there are so everything is just leading up to. There's all these deaths. Everyone and is talking about Lori's brother. This. Just a
0: Alex that is Lori's brother. brother.
1: Then we learn that in October of 2019, just right before Tammy died, that Melanie's, sorry, that Lori's niece, Melanie, who was in the middle of of a divorce, that someone tried to kill her ex-husband, shot him in his driveway. He was driving a Tesla and somebody shot his window out uh, in a drive-by trying to kill him and that he and their children were in hiding. For fear of their life. So now there's all of these things that have happened that don't, it's really starting to look like we have some serious bad guys on our hands here.
0: Right. Like, look at how many people are dead. Well, you know, the other thing we learned is that somebody tried to kill Tammy Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. two weeks before she did die. Mm -hmm. She thought someone ran up to her and fired a gun at her, she thought it was a paintball gun. Mm-hmm. and when the gun didn't fire that person ran away and she was like wow that was weird you know mm-hmm. but at the time <laughs> she didn't know any of this other stuff no she posted she just... about it on facebook it's not like she called the cops she didn't
1: no she did call the cops did she call yeah there the cops? was yeah oh, okay. there was a police report she oh, did call the great. cops but she posted on facebook at hey friends and family and I have a cousin who was friends with her and friends with her on Facebook. And she said, I remember that post very well. It was really weird. They live way out in the country. And she was just getting out of her car from a church function and was getting some things out of the backseat. When someone in a black mask runs into their driveway, takes a couple of shots at her and runs away. Yeah, She thought it was a paintball gun. We know yeah. now that was Alex and that was a real gun. Alex yeah. was actually a super bad hitman. But,
0: um, uh, fortunately,
1: but, but now we know there's all of this death and all of this suspicious stuff. So everyone's on pins and needles last summer going, where are the kids? There's all these rumors that they have been, that they have had, uh, cadaver dogs in Yellowstone because that's the last place we know that Tylee was alive. Yeah, and so there's all this talk that maybe and they like. Do you imagine like, trying, trying to search Yellowstone there? with cadaver dogs? Holy no. shit!
0: Can you imagine how dangerous? Anyway, they were waiting till the snow melted so they could get out there, which is the absolute most dangerous time to be there because that's when all the bears wake up. Like, yeah.
1: it's, it's and all amazing. the grizzly bears start coming out hungry. Yeah, and so we we were hearing all of these things that this is all happening, and then just out of the blue, on June 9th. There is a flurry of activity and we find out that there's about to be a press conference and Mars and I throw on our shoes and we drive to that site as fast as we can and we get in on that and that's when they finally do announce we have dug up Chad's property and remains have been found. And then... We also learned at that time that they finally did take Chad into custody. Yeah.
0: And they took him into Fremont County. So Chad lives Mm -hmm. in Salem, which is he's in Fremont County on the edge of Madison County. So it ended up putting Chad and Laurie in different jails in different Mm -hmm. counties. But he went in, he immediately got a million dollar bond, too, and
1: has been sitting his ass in that jail ever since. Yeah, and of course, then we learn that there are indeed two bodies, yes. and then we learn that they are the children, and we learn that the condition of the bodies is really troubling.
0: Mm-hmm. We learned
1: that it, they appear to have died at different times, which mm-hmm. no one knew that for sure until then. But we it was learn... kind of
0: we kind of new because of their electronic footprints that mm-hmm. they were, you know, they died about ten days apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think,
1: yeah, we've learned that Tylee's body was mutilated, and you know, that she was dismembered and burned in basically a big makeshift fire pit in Chad's backyard, kind of buried in various places. And I know that's really horrific, I'm sorry for even saying it, but that's uh, the way Tylee, you know, was handled. So then there are charges finally, there are conspiracy charges on the deaths of the children. They're not murder charges. They're conspiracy charges that have to do with the bodies, with right. the handling of the bodies and the, Concealing uh, killing and destroying evidence. Concealment and destroying. Yeah. And so then of course, you know, then there's a uh, pretrial for Chad, which was very enlightening. And there were police officers and FBI agents and friends like Melanie Gibb who are all called to the stand. So a preliminary is just giving the judge enough evidence for them to know that there is enough evidence to charge and try this person, to try this person. And so we learn that Alex has the pings from his cell phone, have him in the middle of the night, the last day that uh, Tylee was seen, at Lori's apartment at like two o'clock in the morning and then back at his place at five. And then we have him at Chad's house about nine, all the while that there's some really weird text messages that Chad has sent his wife, Tammy, that day, who was at work. She was a librarian at an elementary school. And the Pings have Alex in very specific places on Chad's property And that's how the FBI knew where to dig to find the children's bodies.
0: bodies. It
1: is astonishing. And we also learn that when it's all said and done, Chad swings by a local taco joint for lunch, or not Chad, Alex, on his way home, which is so gross that I can't ever eat there ever again. But anyway. We won't say the because We don't want to hurt them. But no, yes, it is. It is horrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this happens. So, you know, they do pre-trial. So then Mark Means comes back and says, we don't need a pre-trial. We're going to waive our right to that because why have one, you know? Yeah. So then all of this last year, there's lots of news doing interviews with family. There's lots of gossip back and forth, like from Melanie Palowski and her, uh, Lori's niece, Melanie, uh, and her new husband, Ian Pulowski. And that's a whole thing. If you guys want to know all about that jam, just go into our playlist and you'll find all of their drama. It is quite the, uh, the soap opera, but crap. Yeah. mm -hmm. So there's lots of that going on and, you know, lots of news organizations talking family members into doing interviews. And we have, um, Lori's mother, Janice and her sister summer, uh, Spinning a big ball of bullshit for Dateline and, you know, really defending Lori she would never do something like this and lying about when the last time they talked to the kids was, were, you know, just all this stuff. But not a lot happens other than that. And for a long time, nothing really happens. We have all these trips back to court that are just on all this superficial stuff. The, the defense tries to get Rob Wood thrown off of the case uh, as the prosecutor because they... Are accusing him of some poor behavior. They lose that. Uh, There's just a lot of like wailing.
0: The Idaho Supreme Court and they get slapped down. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of drama. They don't, Mm -hmm. you know, the underlying desperation that you get from all of this is that murder charges are coming on these people Mm -hmm. and there are no, they have no defense. There's Mm -hmm. no defense. They have nothing that they can come back and say. This is why we did it and it's not our father, blah, 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 whatever. They right. murdered children. And so you can see that there's this desperation in the things that their attorneys are doing. Nitpicking crap like, you didn't give me this document or we gave you a two terabyte hard drive with all of it on it. I don't want to have to
1: find it. You find it for me kind of crap. Mm-hmm. And lots yes. and lots of Mark Means whining and refusing to do his job and trying to make yes. everyone else do it for him.
0: I'm being picked on by the mm-hmm. prosecutor. Lots of that crap. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, looming is Tammy's autopsy finally comes back. They Mm -hmm. announce it in the news. So we know Chad's wife's autopsy Mm -hmm. has been back. They Mm -hmm.
1: don't release it to the public. Or to anybody. In fact, Chad's daughter, Emma, actually does a little phone interview. And this is the only time Chad's kids have spoken up in the news at all. Now Emma and her husband have been combative on social media kind of early in the the thing and then they got really quiet but Mm -hmm. um, they uh, she actually did a little bit with court tv and told them we just want to see our mother's autopsy like we didn't even know she was exhumed till it was already done and that was very upsetting our dad has now been in jail for all this time like everything is so bad and hard and Now they're saying they have her autopsy back, but we're not allowed to see it. And we're just heartbroken and angry. Yeah. So, you know, but that's basically what the sheriff told them is that, uh, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. And until it isn't, he can't let them see it.
0: Well, and that's when we know Mm -hmm. something is there. Because if it was natural causes, they would have told the family and it would have been released. We've seen it it. Yeah, they just would have said it. They've done it. They've said it in Alex Cox's case, although we still mm-hmm. don't believe that that's true. They've said it in Joe Ryan's case. We still don't mm-hmm. believe that's true. But if if they didn't if they didn't find anything, they would have said. Yeah. So we know this is all looming over them. Mm-hmm. It's coming.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you have to understand that there were a lot of blunders at the beginning of this case with um, particularly Fremont County. Fremont County mm-hmm. is it it's a very large county with a very small population and a very Mm -hmm. small police force. And the coroner is just um, a person that's hired to work for 10 bucks an hour to be a coroner. Like they, they're not a doctor. So they took Chad's word that Lori, that or that Tammy just died in her sleep and that she'd been Mm -hmm. coughing and wasn't feeling well. Mm -hmm. You know, these were the kinds of mistakes that happened. So a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. happened where the state attorney general's office jumped in they um, appointed Rob Wood as the special prosecutor over this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some things happened. The FBI came in like our local law enforcement needed help. Yeah. Because we've never had anything like this before ever. No. And, not, you know, so many of them were like, we don't. This is way out of our league. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff has happened. And there's been a lot of criticism that they've been slow to charge Chad and Lori. But Chad Laurie have been sitting their butts in jail, man they Mm -hmm. had a lot of time and so what finally happened was it last week (laughs) Mm -hmm. well it was two weeks ago that they convened a grand jury a secret Mm -hmm. grand jury and they brought in all these people lots of Mm -hmm. the players that we know and have already talked about and then some Mm -hmm. others too
1: a huge witness list like close to 30 people yeah Yeah.
0: including two of chad's children Mm -hmm. um came and testified in this secret um, grand jury and they came back and they indicted Chad and Lori in first degree murder. So Chad has mm-hmm. first degree murder on his wife, Tammy on Tylee and JJ. Plus mm-hmm. he has conspiracy to can um, commit first degree murder on all three of them. Mm-hmm. And he has two counts of life insurance fraud. Yeah. Lori has, First degree murder on Tylee, first degree murder on JJ, and then conspiracy to commit first degree murder on Tammy, Tylee and JJ. Uh And she has federal Social Security fraud Uh because she was still collecting the children's Social Security long after they were dead.
1: You know, because that's Social Security because they had dead dads.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that came down. Well, all of that, actually, the results of that came down last week. Mm -hmm. So they were arraigned, well, sort of Uh, arraigned.
1: Yeah, there was one and a half arraignments that happened last Wednesday.
0: Chad's arraignment was
1: pretty normal. Yeah. You know, Lori, they started uh, proceedings with a closed door meeting, immediately came back and the judge said that uh, in light of things he was just told, he was going to put a stay on this for now. There had actually been a stay on Lori's other case since March. So it wasn't a big surprise uh, that they didn't arraign her, but uh it's still it really we set everybody's hair on fire again. Because mm-hmm, there'd been a lot of secrecy around it. So that yeah. happened on Wednesday.
0: So then on Thursday, <laughs> yeah, we get notice, you know, it's all over the local news that Lori has been found incompetent to stand trial, and that's why there's been a stay. Mm-hmm. But She's been found to be restorative, which means that Mm -hmm. she can, like, go into the state hospital for a while, get some meds, talk to some counselors, get some help, and Mm -hmm. then come back out and be tried. She Mm -hmm. will not. Idaho does not have an insanity plea. Mm -hmm. We just have competency. And when someone is deemed incompetent but restorative, it means they can get their mental health under control and then they can be be charged and tried. So we're... Just standing on that right now.
1: We know that's been really upsetting. A lot of you guys have been really worried about it. She's not getting off on anything. It's just going to slow her case a little bit. So we'll see. And then, of course, the other thing that happened on Thursday is that the police in Arizona announced that they have now put forth the uh, recommendation for charges in first first degree conspiracy charges in the murder of Charles Vallow. Yeah. So, on Lori, so all of that happened on the same day. Now, will they pursue those? They might not, because there's already so much piled up here in Idaho, but it's still some good vindication for his family that, yes, he was murdered by Lori mm-hmm. and by alex
0: yes, yeah as as has been suspected all along. There are two people we haven't talked about very much that I think we should mm-hmm. because they're pretty key and that one of them is Zulema Pestennis, yes. So Zulema Pastenis was married very briefly to Alex Cox, Laurie's brother.
1: Mm-hmm. Very briefly, a like, good friend um, of Laurie's.
0: Yes. A good friend of Laurie's involved in all of this prepper stuff. One mm-hmm. of the things we haven't said that you have to understand is that Chad has written a whole bunch of books. Mm-hmm. I think Amazon has pulled him down now. I really hope so. There are a lot of this apocalyptic Mormon prepper kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was a podcaster and a speaker at all of these events. And people were big fans of his books, right? Mm -hmm. Zulema Pastenis being one of those people and also a good friend of Lori's. Also married very briefly to Alex Cox. As soon as Alex Cox died, Zulema Pastenis got an attorney. And we know because prosecutor Rob Wood has said That she has conditional immunity in some of these cases, in all of them, in some, we don't know. But what that means is she has immunity for anything that she tells authorities. She does not have an immunity if someone else can approve something Mm -hmm. that she said or did that involves her. Mm -hmm. It's been really clear from the beginning that she knows a lot more than she's saying. Mm-hmm. But we're, we hear very little from her because obviously mm-hmm. her attorney is telling her to say nothing. But she was here yeah. to um, testify at the grand jury. And we are very curious still about what does she know? What was her involvement? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I took a quick quick peek. Uh, Chad's yeah. books are still active on Amazon. There oh, man. Amazon said they were people. going to pull them down. They have not. They're all still available. It looks like only via Kindle, but yeah, you can still don't, but you couldn't, you can still go buy that nonsense. Don't buy them. Don't support him. Um, yeah. But that's where a lot
0: of this comes from is mm-hmm. that Chad basically has built a following. Yeah. In which Chad started telling people see, if you know anything about the LDS Church, the LDS Church has a hierarchy of leadership that begins with who they call the prophet. Is the president of the church. He, as in it's always a male. Uh-huh. And they consider him to be a prophet of God. Uh-huh. Um, around the time that the kids were murdered, <laughs> it's yes. all so crazy, he started telling people in his community and in his church that he is the real prophet of the Mormon church and that the people in his community need to stop listening to the prophet in Salt Lake City and start uh-huh. listening to him. This resulted in excommunication or voluntary removal, some something he yeah. was kicked out of the Mormon church. Uh-huh. But you have to understand when you see stuff that says cult mom, uh-huh. some people are referring to this group as a cult. We, we don't know that it is. Um, yeah. And maybe it would have been eventually had none, had they not been caught, uh-huh. but there's a lot of that, you know, really, Earnest following of him, Uh and that brings us to Melanie Gibb. Yes. So, do you want to talk about Melanie
1: Gibb? Melanie Gibb was Lori's best friend. They'd only been friends since about 2018. They met when uh, Melanie spoke at a church event that Lori attended, or. I couldn't decide from hearing that if it was an actual church event or if it was more of a prepper event at a church. But anyway, something along those lines in Arizona. And they had some similar similarities in their children and in their backgrounds. And they started spending a lot of time together. And Melanie, uh, by all purposes, it seems, really became Lori's right hand man. Well, is who introduced Lori to Chad? To Chad. Yep. They... She introduced Lori to Chad at an event in uh, St. George, Utah. And And that was in
0: September of 2018, you guys. Mm -hmm. This is what you have to consider. Like this all all happened really fast. Has happened in less than three years. Mm -hmm. All of it.
1: Yep. Yep. So Melanie knew that Chad and Lori were having an affair. They were both married. Uh, She knew a lot of things. Now she Mm -hmm. has... uh, She did one thing that really helped uh, law enforcement. She, well, she did one thing that really didn't help law enforcement. She actually, when Lori and Chad first uh, fled to Hawaii, when the police started sniffing around asking about the kids, they asked Melanie to lie to the police and tell them that she had JJ in Arizona and she did do that. And then after a day or two, got to feeling like that was probably the wrong thing to do and called the police back and said, I do not have J.J. and I haven't seen him. So sometime around January, she kind of got feeling weird about what's really going on here. Why did you ask me to lie to the police? Or at least that's what she said. Now, we're all really starting to question what Melanie really is up to, but that's what she had said. Yeah, January 2020. Mm-hmm. so she called them on the phone on speaker phone and she recorded the conversation and she basically and if you want to see this it is our episode called uh, scripture dance off uh <laughs> because uh or, or scripture battle i can't remember scripture dance off i think I but know. um they because she and Lori were fighting each other with uh basically throwing around uh verses and villains from the book of Mormon at each other. But basically she kind of gets them to, uh, she tells them it's not cool that they asked her to lie to the police. And she tries to get them to tell her where the kids are, but they don't, but it is a really interesting peek into their dynamic and what's going on there. So a lot of people have felt like Melanie, um, knows a lot more than she was saying. I will admit I fell for her hype. I thought she did a great job at the, uh, At the uh, hearing the pre, yeah, the prelim. And I felt like she, uh, you know, was really brave about it. Chad's lawyer was so mean to her, it wasn't even funny. And she really held her ground. She did. But a lot of people have felt like she knows a lot more than she's saying. And that this dumb, naive uh, job she's been putting on is exactly that. And so if you look back last week on Wednesday night case updates, we shared a very short portion of a phone call between Melanie and another friend who had recorded a conversation between her and Melanie uh, that really indicates that she knew that Chad Charles's death was a setup, that he was murdered, that they were making it look like self-defense. And mm. a part we didn't share because we don't have it, but apparently she also basically says in that call that she had known for many months that the kids were dead before the police ever found them. And, you know, spilled a lot of tea. And so we're not really sure what's going to happen with Melanie. We, we suspect she's going to have some charges unless she's got an immune, use immunity agreement, which like Zuliva does, which she may. We haven't heard mm-hmm. anything about it. But, she testified
0: uh, at this secret grand jury. And so we don't yes. know if mm-hmm. she came out with all of this at that grand mm-hmm. jury and maybe made a deal that she was going to tell them everything she knew mm-hmm. if they didn't prosecute her. Because ultimately she could be looking at some charges, but we yeah. don't know yet.
1: Yeah, most definitely. So Melanie Gibbs a very interesting player here. She's definitely one to keep an eye on. She puts on a real, I'm just silly and naive and kind of a stupid routine, yeah. but it's really starting to look more and more like, that's not really true. She no. was Lori's sidekick. We know that she helped Lori to uh, steal Charles's truck and steal all of his stuff and basically kick him out of their house while he was on business. Way back in like January or February of 2019. Like she's been involved in Lori's bullshit for a while. She
0: has. She definitely has. She knows. She knows more for sure. Yeah. But that kind of gives you some background. It's not everything because if we did that, the show would go on for hours and hours and it's already over an hour long. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to give you kind of a synopsis of the case because we do cover it so heavily and it can get confusing. If Uh you want to know more, we have a playlist on our YouTube channel of all of our, and you can go back to the very beginning and then listen to them chronologically. Uh um, You know of all of our episodes about this case because it is so crazy Uh and it is local to us and has this Uh connection to us because we've grown up in this culture and community that Uh there are things that we understand on a different Uh level. You know, yeah. Um, But we did want to kind of sum this up so if you're new with us and sometimes mm-hmm. you're like i don't know what the hell you guys are talking about we talk about this case every week so yeah. this is what we're talking about when we talk about the daybell Vallo yeah. case or we talk about jj and tiley this is who we're mm-hmm. talking about Yeah. yep so
1: there you have it is your head spinning yet it That's, should be it should yeah. be and it probably will be again
0: this week because you know it's been a holiday weekend so tomorrow's the first business day of the week and we'll see what gets filed
1: because there there was one filing there's already one filing that we haven't gotten to yet Mm. we'll be talking about that but yeah well there you go because john pryor thinks he can violate the first amendment it turns out no john you can't oh yes no he
0: cannot yeah that's right he got slapped so that's good Mm -hmm. well you guys this is our tuesday case so we'll be back with our wednesday case and which is a Really. Powerful and challenging MMIW case we want to share with you, and then uh, we'll be back with case updates on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain uh, live streaming on Facebook and YouTube, and then Thursday night will be the psychic hour, and it is the first Thursday of the month, which means it's marching orders. So our favorite. Yeah, we'll be doing a reading for every sign. And then uh, we totally flaked on pop-ups over the weekend because we were camping. Yeah. <laughs> we weekend, were going to do them, but they look will too be bad. Some. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> to do stuff like that when you're camping, but we yeah. promise this week there will be some. So there's so much more to come. Yeah. If you want to send us a case that you would like us to look into, go to true crime, paranormal And there is a form there you can fill out and send us a case you're interested in. Try to send us unsolved cold cases. Those are the ones we like Mm -hmm. the best. Um, We don't read current cases for reasons we have explained in this episode, Mm -hmm. but we do present them sometimes depending on Mm -hmm. what's going on. So if there's something near and dear to your heart, send it to us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. Take care.